You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of After Sun. I love you. Love you. No. Why? And there's this feeling once you leave where you're from that you don't totally belong there again. You know, I want you to know that you can talk to me about anything. Whatever parties you go to, boys you meet, drugs you take. Dad! Oh my god, what even is that? These are my moves. Oh, that's so embarrassing. That's not embarrassing. You okay through there? I don't know. I guess. I just feel a bit down or something. What do you mean? Don't you ever feel like tired and down and feels like your bones don't work, like you're sinking? You never know where you'll end up, though. wherever you want to live. Be whoever you want to be. You have time. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for After Sun, and the story is as follows. Sophie reflects on the shared journey and private melancholy of a holiday she took with her father 20 years earlier. Memories real and imagined fill the gaps between as she tries to reconcile the father she knew with the man she didn't. The film is starring Paul Meskel and Frankie Corio. It is written and directed by Charlotte Wells. And here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Lauren LaBagna. Hello, hello. And Giovanni Lago. Hello, everyone. Okay, After Sun. Wow. I didn't think that we would actually get here at some point. But usually around the Academy Awards, there is a film or two that we, unfortunately, just due to our busy schedules, we didn't really get a chance to review it properly upon its initial release date during the calendar year. And so... We usually like to try and squeeze a film or two in at the very last minute before we officially say goodbye to the year that the Oscars are celebrating, in this case, 2022. And I put it up to a poll for the MVP community to vote on, and After Sun was that movie. Not surprisingly so. It's a very beloved film amongst not just film critics, but also to uh, this community and also people over here at MVP as well, ever since it had its world premiere at the Cannes International Film Festival. It is the directorial debut of Charlotte Wells. She has won a ton of prizes for this piece of work, and it is nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor for Paul Meskel. I'm very excited to dive into this movie with both you, Lauren, and Giovanni. So why don't we get started here, starting off first with Lauren LaMagna. Lauren, what did you think of After Sun? Um, it's hard to put into words because I feel like After Sun is just packed with so much emotion. Um, I love films like this. I, like you said, Matt, I was hearing about it 
um, ever since Cannes, and it was slowly but surely gaining so many tractions as the festival season was going on. And I was getting a little nervous that it was potentially going to be overhyped for me, which happens during that time of the year, what happens with like these little films. And I watched it and I loved what it says about memory. I am a movie dad girl. And I think the relationship between this film is so good. And this movie, um, it just hits you like a brick at a certain point. You're always waiting for something to happen or like a boot to drop. And it kind of doesn't. I think Charlotte Wells is a fantastic director and screenwriting. It is a stunning debut. I'm kind of in awe that this is a, de- a debut and I can't wait to see what they do next. But um, once you realize what's going on, you are just overcome with emotion and you immediately want to see it. And it's one of those films that lasts for days and it lingers on your mind. And this is the film of the season that um, most of my friends, general audience members, talk to me about. They're really invested in this film. They really do love this film. And I love that this is the film that has gained traction. And I'm really glad it's here. I'm so glad it's an Oscar-nominated film. Um, I love Paul Mescal's performance in this. I love what it says about relationships and coming of age and trying to understand who your parents are. I think it's a wonderful journey and relationship that we're all trying to understand in real time and what that means. And I'm just, I'm really glad we're here and able to discuss this. because I think it's, it's such a stunning film. Okay, great. Let's hear next from Giovanni Lago. Giovanni, what did you think of After Sun? Oh, I agree with Lauren. It is one of those films that like really creeps up on you. And the more as time passes on, the more it lingers with your like emotions and like thinking about it. Because I remember literally when I, I went to NIF, I, I rescheduled my flight because I was like, oh, I'm going to miss like the last chance to see it after like the first week. And I was like, no, I want to see this. I've heard everyone rave about it since con. I was like, OK, this is like the movie that like everyone is just head over heels for. And I remember seeing it and I was just it's an emotional wave. I think uh, Charlotte Wells directorial like presence is so strong. I think her work with both Mescal and uh, Paul Mescal and Frankie Corio is brilliant. Their chemistry is so natural. It's like they've been working together for years. And the fact that it's like Frankie Corio's first performance is also genuinely mind-blowing um it's such a beautiful and it's like this small intimate film about memories and i i think the way we not only process our memories but also the way we view our parents not as just caretakers or parental figures but more as just humans themselves like they're just like us we never really atone those feelings to that we've always grown up with like our especially in this case you know it's a father-daughter relationship that you know our dad's the person who's like the strong one who will think of everything who will always come to our aid and we never really think about like oh wow they they could be going through something that's really impactful to them or something they're struggling with and we just never look at that aspect and you know seeing it through uh frankie corio's very innocent childlike perspective but it's also like juxtaposed with the adult version of her and that knowledge that comes with growing up, I I think is such an interesting um, aspect to really focus on uh, memories. 
I think the cinematography is one of the more stunning works of this past year. And the way it works with the editing is great. And I there's one sequence we're definitely going to get into later that I'll save my thoughts for. But it was one of the highlights of last year's uh, films. So, yeah, no, After Sun is definitely one of the best things I've seen in recent memory. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. So I saw this movie at the Telluride Film Festival after all of the hype from Cannes. So many colleagues of mine raved about this movie. They were saying that it was the best thing that they saw at the festival. Made them cry, made them emotional. So I'm heading into this screening and I'm expecting to be blown away by it. And that particular day, I will never forget this as long as I live. That was the day that the Toronto International Film Festival tickets, the pre-selection tickets for critics went on sale. And I had a plan in place. I had somebody else from the site who was helping me get what I wanted and I'm getting all these messages during After Sun that are going off on my 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 my, uh, my watch, and it's saying I can't get the tickets. Something's wrong with the site. Oh God! Just all this anxiety and freaking out. And now all of a sudden I can't properly enjoy After Sun. And lo and behold, I get through the movie, and I honestly thought it was good, not great, and it didn't move me. Honestly, my mind was elsewhere. Truly, I felt terrible. And so I vowed that I would watch it again at some point. I did miss it during its run at NIF, where you saw it, Giovanni. But then when it became available uh, through Film Independent for the Spirit Awards, as a voting member myself, I get the, uh, the screeners. And so I had a chance to rewatch this film again. And I'm so glad that I did. Because on this latest viewing, I put my phone away. I made sure to give this movie my full, undivided attention because I wasn't able to do that the first time around. And while I can't say that I was as, once again, moved as some of my colleagues were, I definitely recognized and appreciated so much more what this film was doing, what Charlotte Wells was doing. This is such an extraordinary debut because there is just such inherent trust within the audience to fully understand and grapple with what Charlotte Wells is attempting to communicate to us uh, through the eyes of Frankie Corio's uh, character, Sophie. And kind of treating Callum, played by Paul Meskel, as sort of this enigma because from the child's perspective, from an 11-year-old's perspective, as Sophie is in this movie, she doesn't fully grasp what he is going through. And so it makes sense for us as an audience to not fully understand it either. 
But then as the film progresses, you start to gain a deeper understanding, even still while recognizing that it's still being told from that child perspective. So this real balancing act here that I found to be incredibly well executed and mature for a feature debut to the point that I I understand it's a personal story for Charlotte Wells. I understand it draws upon her own real life experiences. And as a result of that, you know, they always say that, you know, the most personal piece of work to you as an artist will always yield the best result. It's still, regardless of what she does in the future, whether it's something as personal as, as this or not, the talent that's on display here, I think, is absolutely extraordinary. And so with each subsequent viewing that I've had since then, I've now watched After Sun three, four times, no, four times. Yeah, I I don't really I I don't really count that first viewing in Telluride as much to be honest with you, <laughs> but every time I watch it, I'm just left in awe of what she has been able to translate over to the audience, given how personal of a story it is for her, and in turn making it universal. I want to first start off here by discussing uh, Paul Meskel. Because he is the one that is nominated for an Oscar. And I did mention before that his character is kind of left as a bit of a, uh, like I said, like in an ambiguous nature for a large portion of the runtime. It isn't until you get closer to the end of the film that I think that we as an audience have that collective like aha moment of like what's really going on here. And the film never actually comes forward and says explicitly this is what he's going through. This is, you know, there aren't like any heavy handed flashbacks or anything like that. This movie, like I said, really plays out in such a meticulous, mature manner to the point that it lets you, the audience, kind of fill in the gaps. And I think that's also maybe in turn what's making it resonate with a lot of people so much is that they are filling those gaps with their own personal real life experiences. Do you guys get that feeling, too? I, I think so. I think also, it, again, because it is such a innately personal story from Charlotte Wells, I think viewers who not are just children of parents or or parents of daughters, but maybe like people who don't have the greatest relationship with their fathers or in a way I, it, it could affect them more. I got that sense when I watch it. It, it really depends like your family dynamic and like how deep it goes especially when it comes to um mental illness and, and family members you deal with who have depression because that is a big thing in the film and something that um column's character it's implied goes through again like like we we're discussing it's very much um what what's burdening him so much throughout the film whether it's um the the pain of, you know, being a single father and not really getting to really appreciate the time with his uh, daughter or the stuff he's going on with at home. We get like certain moments where we genuinely know what's happening with his life, like when he's eating dinner with Sophie one night. He's talking about how he's probably going to move in with one of his friends or 
and and we get the idea of like how his relationship with Sophie's mother is 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 good. Like there's nothing wrong with it, and like how he practically distracts himself mentally mentally through like the tai chi and self-help books and he's constantly like practicing throughout to like really distract himself so i I, it really like is it's so layered like there's so many ways you could just take it 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 really depends on the viewer i think wells is just a phenomenal director and screenwriter i think they both go hand in hand she's not spoon feeding the audience she's letting us work and i think that gives you a really great viewing experience because even in the beginning, you know something's up. You know that this is the last of something, that something is about to change. And like Sophie, we just can't pinpoint what it is. And that is kind of like growing up when we're trying to understand and when we're realizing our parents or our caregivers, they're human beings. You know, they're not these superheroes that we thought of when we were little. And when tragedy strikes, whether it's something that, you know, is in your control or out of your control, you try to trace back, you know, what did you miss? What didn't you see? And I think that plays so well in the screenplay and so well in the directions where once you realize something happened that, and it's this character of Sophie trying to figure out what it is, you're seeing things differently. And it's a fantastic um, point of view shift that just works. And it works because Wells didn't spoot feed it to us. She allowed us to come up with this on our own where, you know, the, the macro or the micro of what exactly is Callum struggling with, that's kind of irrelevant. It's trying to understand what did we miss or what was, you know, too mature for a 10-year-old to understand at the time and us kind of maturing at super speed with Sophie where we are the 12 year old's point of view and then we're also you know the 30 year old Sophie's point of view and we're trying to see what did we miss what would what happened and how it all makes sense and I think that's I think that's incredible talent of Wells and that just showcases how well she is and how well she trusts our audience and I think how well she directs her actors generally Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our review for After Sun here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full length over our long review, you will have to head on over to Next Best Picture's Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you'll get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. 
and our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes. We've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.